We are live, Tracy Prigmore, live. Hey, Beth, how are you? I'm awesome. So <laughs> welcome to Women Investor Wednesday. It's wow. Wednesday and you're a woman investor and that's why you're here. I was like, is it Wednesday? Because I've been, <laughs> I've been working so much. I don't like know the days sometimes, but yes, it is Wednesday. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm so happy you're here. So for anyone that... Um, doesn't know Tracy. And I know a lot of people know you because actually, well, first of all, you spoke on my first virtual mm -hmm. uh, commercial real estate women's investment summit. And mm -hmm. then last year you were in person down here in Fort Lauderdale. Thank you for coming. Yes. And um, so a lot of the women know you and know your story, but there's a, and, and, and people were DMing me today. Oh, I can't wait to hear what's up with Tracy, what she's up to and what's new with Tracy. And then there's other women that a couple other women that were asking, so what asset class is she? And I'm like, well, you didn't read the bio, obviously. She's <laughs> hotels. So uh -huh. I know we're going to have a lot of women that know you and don't know you. So for the ones that don't know you, I'm just going to do a little, I mean, I want you to expound on this, but okay. um, if for those of, you know, I'm trying to help women. But Tracy, <laughs> honey, you're taking it to the whole new level. And um, she's going to explain what she's doing with She Has a Deal and hotel ownership with women and minority women and young women and older women. And she, okay. I aspire to be you. And so why don't you, let's start there how this all came about and how you started buying hotels like, like, I just buy little strip centers, but hotels. So yeah. share a little bit of your bio for our audience. Yeah, sure. So um, as you know, I started out investing in residential properties. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad a long time ago, and I was just blown away. Like, oh my goodness, I need to do this. I need to you know, create more um, retirement income for myself. And here's a great way to do it. It sounded really interesting. You know, my father had done a little brokering. My uncle was big into real estate. So I was like, oh, let me, let me read this. You know, let me try to get into this so I can enhance my retirement income. And so I started buying just, I mean, I started with one condo and then I just kept doing what he said, right? You buy one, you refinance, you pull the cash out, buy another one. So I, by no means made a lot of money. So I worked a nonprofit. I had a, what they considered a leadership executive job. But when I look at the money, I'm like, this is not really an executive job. But I took my first bonus uh, from that job and I bought this condo. And um, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, so cool. It took me a while to jump in because I kept thinking, well, what happens if the people don't pay? And then I have to, you know, go through the whole eviction thing. And do you know what happened? The first condo I bought, I had to do an eviction. But the Let's great thing for was, a second. So how old were you when you made that first con and, and you bought a condo not to live in, just I'm sharing for the audience, yeah. you bought it to rent out. To rent out. So I purposely, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They're saying, hey, buy, you know, buy homes or, you know, condos, whatever. Do all the numbers though. And then uh, you should make net cash flow. And then, how, how old were you? So, oh, are you, are you, are you going there? <laughs> I well, remember okay. I was in my thirties. Okay. My that's 30s. okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure were you tw in your 20s, 30s, no, 40s? No, I didn't I was mad that I didn't know about this in my 20s, okay? So I just started investing in my 30s. Okay. Um so yeah, I was probably 30. Probably 30. Okay. So, ooh, and I'm not ugh. I, I won't I, I just want to know when you started. I won't ask you right. anymore. 
Well, okay. So I was, I was, I think I just started, it was about 30 years old. And I, um, I so it took this bonus, put that as a down payment. I received a loan from Bank of America. Yay, Bank of America, because some people turned me down initially. How many like, people? How many done. people turned you down? Um, I think two banks said you don't have any experience. And how much investing. how much money did you have to put down? About okay. so 10% back then. So yeah. $13,000. The condo was $130,000. So I, I don't even now I don't even remember it's on my blog, but I, I made like a gugab of percent return on that. Um, so what I did gugab. was a gugab, a gugab, like it was, I mean, when you think about a $13,000 investment and I walked away with a couple hundred thousand, you know what I mean? Like that's, I'm just teasing you. I, I, I'm just, I'm putting in the chat gugabs just to gugab. Yeah. Is. I'm sorry. I'm not being okay. Everyone. I'm not like sophisticated <laughs> or um, proper. I love you. I love I you. Proper, though. I can get proper. I have worked in corporate. I can get proper. <laughs> okay. okay. So. Um, so the, it all started there with buying one condo. So I, I had that vision as Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Poor Dad said, hey, keep buying, get as many as you can, make sure they cash flow, right? Because if they cash flow, you can buy as many as an infinite number. If they don't, you're going to be limited by the cash you have. That part I got really well. I'm really good with numbers, you know, and I knew revenue minus expenses, et cetera. So I treated my investments like a commercial. I took some commercial classes, treated it like, a commercial deal. Like I had the whole financial analysis, the IRR, the cash on cash, all of that. I was treating them like that. So I kept buying them. Um, and I always in the back of my head, like, I want to invest in commercial real estate, but oh my God, only rich people can do that. Only, you know, maybe once I get a hundred um, single families, I can trade in and, and get, and I wasn't thinking hotel, but I can trade in and get a commercial building, but only rich people do this. Like I'm not rich. I'm lucky I had $13,000 to put down on this deal. And luckily they only wanted 10%. Because before, when I first thought about it, it was, you had to put a lot more down and interest rates were a lot higher. So long story short, I took this commercial real estate investing class with CCIM. Everybody should be familiar with CCIM. Yep. And oh my goodness, it blew me away. I loved it. Like back then you couldn't do it online. You had to go for a whole week. You had somewhere, to, somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Denver. Yes. I went to Denver. I think I went to Arkansas. Chicago. Yeah. They, they made you go away. For a whole week. And they, and they gave you homework every night. Homework every night. You had a group you had to work with. It was <laughs> serious. Right. But I loved it. I took the first one, uh, market analysis. And I was like, oh, this is my jam. Like, this is where I need to be. And I was getting 100% on my exams. And they're like, whoa, who are you? Like, you're not even in real estate. And um, oh, yeah, just so you know, I only took valuation. I was the president of a company in Miami. Everyone knew I was doing it. I was yeah. like, had to go away. And I swear, Tracy, I was scared to death. I didn't think I passed. And everyone knew I was taking it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to pass this class. But I passed. Thank God. And then I didn't take any more. So okay. you know, well, I took every single one of them. So I have a full-time job and I'm literally like taking time off to go. And I worked, my job was, you know, um, remote and I, you know, I travel. I'm, I hope my boss, he wouldn't be listening on this, but I was, um, you know, I was working full-time and I would kind of maneuver so I could go and take these classes. You'd be in class all day long, homework at night. I'm doing work in between, but I took the whole entire series because I was like, 
this is really good stuff. And it was in that class that my instructor, one of the classes he's talked about syndication. And I'm like, send a what? And he's like, syndication, that's how everybody buys commercial real estate. I'm like, stop right now. What are you talking about? So explain to me how rich people don't buy commercial real estate by themselves, right? Like they syndicate, they bring people come together and pitch in and one person leads the deal as a sponsor. He starts explaining all this and he's like, and there's a guy who wrote a book about it and he's the guru of syndication. I'm like, what's his name? So back then you couldn't just go online and download a book. Like I went online, ordered the book and could not wait for it to come. It took three weeks to come. And I read the whole book. And then there's like, there's a session in Las Vegas that this guy is giving. You're talking about Gary Rappaport? No, this was, um, oh gosh, what is his name? I can't think of his name, but he was, uh, it's a whole new business. It was syndication. It's a whole new business. Um, And he, his company has morphed into, he's no longer in that company, but he sold it and it's morphed. I still work with them actually, but I flew to Las Vegas by myself took his class, got the book, everything. And I was like, this is my way into commercial real estate. I'm going to syndicate because it's going to take me decades to have enough money to buy my own property. So then for me, it was the only, the next challenge was which asset class. So multi seemed, you know, a no brainer with me having all at that point, I had a lot more um, residential properties. So I'm like, okay, I'll look at that. And then the retail sounded interesting. So started looking into all of those. And at the time he told us hotels were a special asset class, but I still never thought about um, hotels because I'm used to, I was used to, I traveled extensively for work and I worked for a national healthcare system. So I was all over the country and I practically lived in hotels and I loved a good hotel. Um, but I'm thinking, Hotels are big box and they're all owned by Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt. Those were the, the okay. so I stayed with. When you said hotels are a special asset class, I don't know what you mean by that. Is there yeah. a meaning behind that? Yeah. So now they're not so much, but back then uh, they were considered a special asset class. So the four asset classes, you know, retail, um, industrial, industrial, whatever. But then hotels were seen like in churches were seen as special asset class. I've since learned that that's morphed as more institutional investors have gotten into hotels. Okay. Okay. So when he said that, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And then I read this article uh, in Lodging about uh, Bill Marriott. And he's talking about how their model is to franchise and they're selling all their assets. They've set up host. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I'm still not thinking, you know. Why were you reading Lodging? (laughs) So um, I think I was somewhere and I just saw it okay. and I, and I thought, oh, wow, interesting. Bill Marriott. I know okay. that name. I know okay. Marriott, not knowing a whole bunch about the history and I still put it away and didn't think about it. Okay. Fast forward. I come to your area. I'm buying a condo and <clears throat> I need a place to stay. And I'm like, okay, I need a um, an inexpensive hotel because it's my money. I'm used to staying on the company dollar <laughs> and it needs to be close to the condo. Um, and there's this Hampton Inn, never heard of Hampton Inn. And this is $99. I'm like, oh, that's a good deal. Aventura, right? Right across from uh, 
Gulfstream. It's Hallandale, really, right across yep. from Gulfstream. I check in there and the lady's telling me free breakfast, free Wi-Fi. And I'm like, what? Because I'm used to staying in a big box where you pay for everything. At the time, Wi-Fi was not free. And I'm like, really? Free? And she's like, yeah. And it was a relatively new hotel built by a related group. I think it was related who built it. And I go in and I'm like, gosh, this is really nice. This is like full service, just smaller. And so I literally went to bed talking to a friend going, this is a good deal. I'm staying at this hotel called the Hampton something. And then I wake up the next morning with an epiphany. I should buy a hotel like this, right? Because I'm like, oh my God. So the Bill, the Bill Marriott article coupled with me looking for an asset class with this class I took where my instructor Byron talks about syndication, it all came together because I was looking at multi-projects. I was looking at all these different projects. I was like, oh my God, I should buy a hotel. So I start Googling. At the time, I don't think I was Googling. I think it was something else. But yeah. um, Google came fast after that. But um, so I started looking. And then this conference pops up about hotel ownership. And I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute. Who is what? You know, I, I didn't know about cookies at the time. And so I get this email uh, from Andy Ingram about this NAB hood thing in South Florida. And I, I'm like, I'm so going, you know. <clears throat> I'm talking so much. I'm my coughing. So I get a ticket. I buy a, reg a register. <clears throat> I don't know anything. I figured occupancy. I know that because I worked in hospitals. I ran hospitals. ADR seemed, you know, interesting. I know that. But RevPAR, I have no idea. I know nothing. And I go there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. And I'm super green. And I'm meeting all these people. I'm not even knowing anything, but I'm like, I'm buying a hotel. So that's pretty much how it happened. Okay. So tell them what happened. <laughs> tell the next step, the next step you, you identify, how did you find the first hotel to buy? Was it listed? Yes. So I just started, I went to this conference. I learned a little bit, not enough, you know, panel discussions don't really teach you what to do in the next steps or anything like that. But I had an opportunity. There's a guy there from Hilton who was doing this thing with women in New Orleans. And, you know, they said, oh, but you can only get invited if you're ready and you have money and all this. I literally like begged this guy to let me come. I'm like, I don't know anything, blah, 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 but I really want to come. I was sending him emails. I was calling him and I got an invitation to go. So when I went to that, I learned more, but really it was more so about Hilton's brands, but it was super helpful because I met some different people and understood kind of like this brand thing. Although I stayed in a lot of brands, I didn't understand, you know, how it all worked. And so when I, after that, I'm like, okay, I'm going for it. And I just started looking online to find, and I did get embarrassed because I did call one broker. And I, to this day, I, I, I saw, I see him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I need a broker representative, a buyer broker. He's like, uh, we don't do that in commercial. <laughs> I represent the seller, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I found this deal with a small broker in St. Louis where I'm from. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I was, I wasn't really ready. I thought I was ready. Um, and, and literally I'm self-teaching myself and I'm trying to get some people that I met at the conference to, you know, help me. No one's calling me back or whatever. I mean, it wasn't that simple, but, um, 
Yeah, I tried. I put this hotel under contract. I can't even believe they let me put it under contract. They didn't, and they did not. Um, <laughs> they didn't ask you for evidence of funds, or had you started raising money? And what was the purchase price? What about like what was the purchase? Price? The purchase price was four point seven million. Then they is, didn't ask you for evidence of funds. They didn't. I was very lucky. It was a, a guy, um, a, a small owner. Um, it was a small broker, right? So it wasn't like a big Marcus and yeah. Miller chap or anything. <clears throat> and I don't know what it was, but they liked me. And the seller, he actually had been in uh, in the Gulf for a long time and he was absentee. He had just gotten back and he decided he was just going to sell. He had like three or four hotels. He was going to sell them. And this broker was super nice to me. And yeah, I still to this day can't, I don't know. But even the lender, so the existing lender was willing to let me assume the mortgage. And he he liked me. He flew to D.C. to meet with me. So did it, did everyone like you because you were a black woman or what was the deal? How did, why do you think this was going on? Um, I, I think because I was very detailed and organized. Okay. Okay. Right. So I come from. It had nothing to do with your gender or your race. I don't think so. I mean, these are white guys. I don't know. Okay. I mean, they. I mean, the the the. I was from St. Louis, but I didn't live there. But I also, you know, I was organized. I mean, I I come from corporate, and you know, I. But let me just tell you, I did not have the proper so, financial so you, analysis your, models. Your I preparation. I faked, read faked them out though. It faked them out. Your organization made you present right. as with, as well. if you had more knowledge. Right. Right. So I had done homework, right? Like as much as I know, I didn't know then, right. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Um, I was, um, incompetently incompetent. Wait, I was unconsciously incompetent. Right. Okay? So you put it under contract. What I happened put it under contract? The, the great thing was that the lender was willing to let me assume. And I sent him my financial, that's some pretty good money. I had a lot of properties, right? I had a lot of properties. And he flew here, he met me, he said, but the one thing you have to do is you have to get an SBA loan. So, you know, with SBA, you have to have a lender, but you, SBA has to approve you because it guarantees or provides a guarantee to the, the, the lender, or at least they're in second position. They're in first position. And, so the lender's in first. And SBA the SBA, the SBA, you can do like 90% financing? Um, it was uh, for hotels, 85%. So you had to raise, so 15%. you had, did you have the down payment yourself? No. Okay. So, <laughs> so I had you, a syndication. Remember syndication? I know. I, that, I was wondering when that yeah, came I knew. I knew exactly what to do. I had the book, the Bible, the whatever. I had an offering. I hired a lawyer that I met through Maui Mastermind. So I had, I went to Maui Mastermind, which is um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Diane Kennedy was his um, accountant or CPA that helped him to get rich. And then she started her own education platform with, uh, I'm, I'm really dating myself. So another guy, David, and they partnered and, and I paid $30,000 to go to Maui Mastermind, to be in the room with all these real estate gurus. And so I did learn a lot from, you know, like the attorneys who came there and other sponsors and, and none of them did hotels, but I learned, you know, that blueprint of syndication and who to talk to. So I hired the lawyer that was at the conference at, at Maui Mastermind. So I had all the documents. I had okay. the offering documents, operating agreement. Now how much did you raise? So I didn't raise anything because 
I got everything out, but the SBA said no. Right. Well, but how long did that take for the S that took a while for you to get the right. So yeah. I did everything. Like I was, you know, I was out raising money, but I hadn't taken anybody's money yet. But I was, you know, having my phone calls and calling all my friends. And I was using my own money too. I didn't need that much. It's like a million dollars. When I think about it, it's like a million dollars. It wasn't right. like a lot of money. Right. And I mean, no, it wasn't even a million. No. It was like six fifty. It was like six fifty. Yeah, that's why I asked you when I looked at the four seven, and I'm thinking fifteen percent. Did you use your own money, or did you start doing the syndication then? So I was doing the syndication. So I was going to put a couple hundred myself, and I, you know, like I was talking to friends or whatever. But the SBA took a long time. How to, long? So I want to say it was at least sixty days, 45, 60 days. Because I had to get an extension, and I had spent money on appraisals and property inspections and environmental surveys everything per, pursuit costs per, lots of pursuit at how, risk much, costs. how much was the per, how much do you remember how much pursuit costs you lost I on that say that i spent a little over thirty thousand. yeah that's about right okay and so they turn you down and they you're turned me down and i was not smart enough to understand that when they tell you they're going to do it that doesn't mean they're going to do it right like the guy, my loan officer kept saying, oh, you're good. You look good. You have this, that, and the, all these things was hyping me up. I'm thinking, he's like, it's just a formality. There's a committee. It's, it was 504. There's a committee and, you okay. know, we go to committee. So that deal falls apart. And then you say, forget it. I'm not going to do hotels now or. No, I, you know, I went back to my day job. I'm, and it was at that time it was 08, right? At that I was supposed to close at the end of 07 into 08. I think it was January when I got the news. I luckily I had like three days to claim my deposit back. So that's my goal is you never lose your deposit. You might lose your at risk cap, but you don't lose your deposit. So I was able to get my deposit back. They had somebody behind me. So, you know, I just moved on. Right. Because okay. I couldn't I didn't know who else to call. I'm thinking this was a sure bet. I had a lender. I had an SBA. I even called the SBA. I'm like, I'm trying to appeal it. They're like, we don't do that. Like, you know, it's, they're like, no, really the lender said no. I'm like, no, the SBA said no. And they, they couldn't fathom that, but they're like, it's their sole decision. So move on lady basically is what they were saying to me. I wrote letters. Every so now day. what happened? So <clears throat> I went back to my day job. I was still doing my day job, but I just, I had a high pressure. I was a uh, SVP for uh, strategy, chief strategy officer at a hotel, at a hotel, hospital. At a hospital system. So it was 08 and, you know, everything was, all the news was like, you know, everything is falling apart. There's no money. Everyone's losing money. So I didn't even try, right? I didn't even try. And my job was very, a lot of pressure. I was working 18 hour days. So I didn't even try. I was buying physician practices for my job and, you know, doing all of that stuff for my responsibility. So I, always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to do it. Uh, thankfully, I bought some residential at the time. That was the, I should have been buying more. But at the time, you know, I said, well, you know, I'll keep buying my residential. I'll get back to it. And I didn't come back to it for like six years. Okay. So you come back in 2014. How many residentials do you have by then? Probably like 20... One twenty-two, something like that. I don't even know. I mean, so I, now you, so 2014 and what's the catalyst that you said, now I'm going to go do that hotel thing. Yeah. So I had, um, I had left my, um, job and, you know, cause I was traveling. I left my job. I was, um, trying to have a baby. I think I actually had the baby then I'm trying to remember, but I, um, was so 2014, my son was born in 20, 
12. Yeah, so I had the baby, right? He was born in 2012. Wait, I'm like, I don't even remember. What is this? Yeah, he's 2012. Okay, that's a shame. I had to do the math. So yes, I had my, I had um, had my son. I, I had gotten married and I'm back here feeling like a loser. So I worked on Obamacare um, and that was draining. I tried to find some healthcare jobs here and I was in the finals and I essentially they were like, no, we chose the other person. And I'm like, okay, is God trying to tell me something? Like, you know, this, these doors are shut and two very high power jobs, uh, you know, large shell systems locally. And I'm not the chosen one. I'm the finalist, but I'm not the chosen one. I have this baby, probably a little postpartum, did Obamacare, was drained from that because I didn't take a maternity leave. So I'm, you know, like, okay, I'm taking this time to get myself together. And I literally, I felt like a loser. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No one will hire me. And I'm like, I'm super qualified. They're telling me I make too much money. And I'm like, it's okay. They're like, no, we don't, you know, all these jobs I'm trying to get, I'm not getting them. And so I'm like, you know what, do I really want to be in the healthcare anyway? Like, do I, is that really what I want to be doing? And at the time I'm doing a little bit of consulting and things like that. And um, then I'm like, look, I gotta, I've been talking about this. I'm jumping back in and I got a call about a limited partnership opportunity. And I thought, okay, I can invest in that and I can learn from this. In a, ho in a, in a hotel. In a, hotel, a local oh, hotel. I get a call uh, just randomly about it. And um yeah, so I'm like, oh, I, I know this market because I own a lot of residential in the market. And I think, oh, this is a great market. How'd and you get the call? Where'd the call come from? It came from uh, Andy Ingram, who is, you know, who was uh, NABHUD, the NABHUD okay. guy. Okay, okay. And, um, and he knew I was in the area. So he was matching me up with this person. I'm thinking, oh, this will be a great opportunity. So how much did you um, put in? So I put in 750000 um, but I did syndicate a small group. Most of it was mine, but I did put in a small group. Um, and, and really so okay, where's my chance to, you know, test my syndication and, you know, and, uh, learn, you know, from this person, you know, be mentored, et cetera, et cetera. But my, I always knew I was going to do my own deal. So at the time I'm still looking, you know, for my own deal after, you know, we closed on that and I'm a limited partner, a limited partner. I mean, you're just a passive investor. And while I thought I was going to be mentored and everything, I mean, it, he really wasn't the mentoring type and, um, but, you know, I, I probably learned something, you know, being as a part of the deal, getting the financials, looking at them and everything. But I went in pursuit, you know, it's like, okay, I got to put up or shut up. My mother used to say that all the time, put up or shut up, like stop talking about you're going to do hotel ownership if you're not really doing it. And I will be honest that I was gun shy after, you know, that door shut when I tried to do it before um, and probably use the excuse of the great recession and work. Cause I didn't even try, right? Like I didn't even try to be, I did not try until 2014. And so I started looking at deals and uh, finally, you know, found one that, you know, I put offers in, but finally got one where I won the, the bid and it was a Hampton Inn. Ironically, it was a Hampton Inn and, um, and it wasn't too far from about an hour, you know, 45 minutes, hour from where I lived at the time. And so, yeah, I put it under contract. I needed $3.6 million. And I'm going to be honest, I did not have $3.6 million. I knew I had the, the strategy, which was syndication. And I knew I had some friends and family, but I I, I literally did not. I, I just, my mindset was, you have to try. And if I fail, I just fail. I move on. But to not try, you have to try. 
And it was, you needed the three, the three, six was the down payment or that was the total price. That was, a, no, that was a down payment. <laughs> that was just the down payment. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, and, and the, I got lucky again, there was a female broker. She like, you know, she took an interest in me. I met her from the limited partnership. She had sold that hotel to the sponsor. And, um, so she was helping me look for stuff. And so she called me on the deal and, um, and it made sense to me. It needed a complete renovation, but it was like 7.75 million, um, but needed a, you know, a total renovation and it was close to my home and it was a Hampton. And I felt like it was my destiny since I yeah. woke up in a Hampton and yeah. wanted to, um, you know, decided to buy. And so I went through that whole process and, um, got a loan. I mean, it was like, cause I was always told like, you can't get a loan. Um, you can't qualify for a loan unless your net worth is equivalent to the loan amount. Um, and, um, you have liquidity of 10%. So they say, so that was, they, what they say, they say. they say, and so that was one of the things that kept me from trying to right? You know, you, know the, you know, the gender of the, who the, they sayers are. Uh -uh, I don't know who they are. Male. Yes. Okay. Well, they say, and they said it, and 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 they they told me directly, and they're like, "Oh, you're articulate and everything, but you don't have enough experience." I mean, I got all kinds of denials, but this I worked with a broker, and he actually found me a loan. A mortgage broker. A mortgage broker. Yeah. He found me a loan, which was I was ecstatic, um, and it was Morgan Stanley. I'm like, and I'm I'm literally talking to the Morgan Stanley. Like, have you looked at my uh, balance sheet? I mean, I'm seriously like, are, are you sure? Like my back, you, you saw it, right? Like, you know, I'm syndicate, you know, all these things. But it's, a, it's the deal. It's not. It's the deal. It is the deal. Does the deal support the loan? Right. And he said it, you know, no, it's the deal. He said that, but it needed a PIP. And I knew that. And I told them. Tell them what that is. Okay. So a PIP is a product improvement plan. And what hotels have to do is you have to do a PIP like every seven years is to keep it modern and up to date. And so it needed a full PIP. I knew that going in, I'd under, underwritten all that. By then, you know, I've taken other classes. I've gotten more savvy than I was the first deal, right? Um, <clears throat> and I've been going to other conferences. So I've, I've been making much, many more connections and understanding how the game works. And so Morgan Stanley backs out three weeks before closing. So I'm out raising money. I'm getting money's coming in. It's and, not and your hard. deposits hard now or no? No, not yet. Okay. So the only thing that saved me was that, um, and normally it would have been hard in the contract. It would have been hard, but what happened is the seller I wrote in the contract. So I learned from all of my little reading and, and, uh, lessons that in the, in the, uh, agreement I put, if the PIP is more, then X dollars, then you have to lower the price, right? Or you'll agree to renegotiate the price. That was upfront. They agreed to it. So they thought, they said the PIP would be less. And I, I knew it wasn't. Like I, I've done enough houses. I don't know hotels, but I've done enough houses to know this is not enough money. But I, I went with it. I'm like, okay, okay. So we went out and we had the pricing done. So they wanted to get their own pricing done. When I went with mine, they're like, well, let us do it. So when they money, needed an extension, they gave me extension. So my money never went hard. So that was luck. That was stupid luck. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm in my head and with the lender, I'm like, it's three, the, the, the PIP is, is 2.8. I don't care what they say. It's 2.8. And so I'm continuing to move with the 2.8. 
And so Morgan Stanley knew it was 2.8, but they got uncomfortable at some point. I'm not sure what happened, but they came out and did the inspection, whatever. And then they said, you got to put down more money. And I'm like, I don't even have three, six yet to myself. I didn't tell them that. I'm not comfortable putting down another 10%. Like they wanted another 10% in reserve. So that would have been another 700,000, something. It was a, a lot. Like, And so I'm like, okay, this is crazy. But um, anyway, they one day I'm driving and they call me and my the, the loan officer saying, um, do you, you know, do you have a few minutes? And I'm like, oh Lord, this is not. And he's like, um, they've decided to pass. I'm like, what? It's three weeks. Like, what, what do you mean it passed? So they, they said, we can't do it. Um, I said, not even with the 10%. They're like, we're just moving on. Like we, we can't do it. And I'm just like, you, our lawyers are talking every day. Like our lawyers, I'm paying their lawyers. I'm paying my lawyers to get to closing. And then they're like, we're not going to do it. So then what happened? So I drive up, I was, I was out, I was in the car. So I drive up and I just ball out crying. Like, but I knew instinctively I was going to close on this hotel. I didn't know how, but at this point now I know more people. So I literally sat in the car and cried for about 15 minutes, wiped off my tears. I go in the house. I tell my husband, I need you to watch Noah tonight. Um, I need to, you know, they, Morgan Stanley, I broke out and crying again. Morgan Stanley said that night. He's like, what? What's going on? I was like, just take. And I went up to my room. It was the, the the World Series was going on. I remember this. And I called this lawyer that I had used on the LP deal. And I told him the story. And he's like, okay, we're going to. And he starts calling people. We're on three-way. And he's calling lenders. He called one lender in Chicago who's watching the World Series. It was Chicago, the Cubs were in the World Series. And so I ended up getting two term sheets from two lenders. And I chose one, which I had already known these lenders because I met them at the conference. I didn't know them, no, but I knew them. And now they're actually partners, which she has a deal. But they were like, we think we can get it done. We probably need an extra week or two. And um, they said, send us all your stuff, You know, get your appraisal signed over, everything. I signed everything. I had to pay money with the, you know, the appraiser and everybody to get them signed over to them as right. a, a new lender. It was Stonehill Capital. And they're like, we're sending somebody out. And then, you know, I literally was like, um, should I get a proxy? Because I wasn't sure, like, are they going to look at me? You know, we go through this. Women, people of color, like, are they really going to do this loan after me being turned down by Morgan Stanley? I literally thought about sending a proxy. And because they they like, we're flying in. We'll be there like today. Tracy, you've never told me that before. I never told you that. I thought about it, but I did not use a proxy because I said to myself, I said- They don't want me for me. Fuck exactly, them. Excuse exactly. my French. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I said. I prayed on it. And I said, listen, if, you know, if it's not meant to be, and if they can't accept me and know the value that I bring to this transaction, that the work that I put into this and how hard I worked, I want to do business with them. Right. And I've heard other people do this and- be successful, you know, be turned down and be successful. But I was like, I'm just not. And they came and they did it in two weeks. They closed the deal in two weeks. So I'm forever grateful to them. And I've told them, I said, you don't know what you did for me personally. And then you don't know what you've done for the industry. Because as a result of me having the slip ups and feeling like I had no real support or mentorship and that it was really hard for women and the information out there was just not in the way I needed it 
to be successful, I started She Has a Deal. She Has a Deal was all about making sure other women didn't have to go through what I went through and that they could be exposed and inspired and they could be educated in a way, a mentorship way. You know, our platform is all about educating them, accelerating okay, well, their knowledge. Okay, wait, okay. so yeah. we're obviously going to have to have another uh, session with you. We're going to keep talking, but there's so many questions. <laughs> um, yeah. But we we have to get to some very important things before okay. we end at, at 6.50. These are the things we have oh, to cover. Okay. We, have to, we have to cover She Has a Deal, and we have to cover the new deal. Okay, sure. So, so you've got, you know, six minutes to talk about she has a deal. And then I want to talk about the deal because okay. there's women on here that will, that will become our partners. I am your partner. Right. And I want other women to have the ability. So, right. okay. So I'm sorry. I talked too much, but okay. No, no, I love it. And they're loving it. So everyone, yeah. they're saying you need to write a book. They want to know the name of the syndication book. It was a, it's a whole new business, but it's probably outdated by now, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's Reg D now, the, the Reg D okay. wasn't. So really talk great. about, okay. so she has a deal. You're going to tell them I have been a judge. I have been to the event twi twice. And you're coming a third time. It is amazing. Uh -huh. Amazing. So. Okay. So ahead. she has a deal was all about my journey, right? Like I didn't want other women to have to go through what I went through. I, I, uh, other, I heard that the brands wanted more women and people of color, you know, owning and developing their hotels. And I'm like, I went to them. I'm like, I know what the problem is. I know why you don't have more. I know how to solve this. And so I gave them a blueprint of this is what you need to do. And they were excited, but they didn't do anything. And then I figured out one day that I need to do this. God is calling me to do this. I'm a servant leader. I've done something similar in healthcare. Um, I need to do this because it, it you know, keeps me up at night thinking about the fact that what could be and how so many more women could be owning and developing hotels if they only had the tools and the mentorship and the money, the capital. So I started She Has a Deal and essentially it's a real estate investment platform that creates, I say, new pathways to hotel ownership and development for women. And we're not just going to stop at hotels, but right now that's where we're focused because that's where I was focused and then I knew that the brands would support and they've helped me to build this platform. So Marriott and Hilton are founding sponsors. Hyatt came on later. They're a founding sponsor. And there's many others in the industry are helping and uplifting us, you know, women Hampton, to be able to do this. Huh? Hampton? The Hampton? Are they not sponsors? Hampton? No, Hilton, Hampton is Hilton. Okay. Good. I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. So Hilton, Hilton was the first one in. I went to okay. Bill and I was like, this is what I want to do. And he was like, we're in. Five minutes into the pitch. He okay, was in Marriott. So tell them, tell them what no. you. So it was first. It was college students, right? And now right. it's women, older women. Yeah. So my my idea was to always do older women. Like I was looking at myself as the avatar, right? What did I need? How could I be helped? But I wanted to start with early career to test my concept. So I knew that they would be kind. <laughs> the older women would not. Um, and I I thought you know if we could also and expose and inspire these young women because they're young and they haven't experienced what the older women have, which is you can't do it. No, no, no. They, they, they don't know that yet. So if we could teach them early that they can become owners, they would believe it. And we give them the tools and, and they could start the trajectory of their career with ownership in their minds. That's why so I started. How many, have you done it four years now? 
this is the 23 will be the fourth year. So we did it in 2020. So I started this in 2020, um, which got delayed, but this is, this will be our fourth year. And tell them this, how the structure is. Yeah. So what we do is we, the education, we provide education. There's a self-study component and there's a live component on zoom where you're learning from industry luminaries. The self-study component is the nine stage hotel investment roadmap. I, I built it for myself but I knew other women could benefit from it. So I built it out on a, on a platform, on our ed tech platform for self-study. But then we supplement that with the, on, you know, the live education, which the women are right now. Some of them are probably watching, but then they're getting ready to go learn how to uh, you know, close their deal uh, with our uh, attorney. Greenberg Trawig is our, our sponsor attorney group with Samantha. So that, they probably- so she- Right. Yeah. So she teaches them and then they go to a pitch, which right. is so exciting. Yeah. So they they go out. So they're learning everything. They go out and find real deals, put the deal together, market analysis, financial analysis, you know, taking control of the deal, writing LOIs, doing PSAs, um, learning how to raise capital for the deals. They put everything together and then they come and pitch it before investors and industry leaders and they can win equity in the deal. So that's shad pitch. So some people think we're just a pitch competition, but we're not. We're an education. We're a real estate investment platform. We happen to have a pitch competition. To me, that was important so we could solidify the learning. So if they were learning, they could apply it real time. And and there's nothing like a competition, you know, to make you, um, you know, supply. Yeah. So I went. I I must have gone in 21 and 22, 22. right? Correct. And in 21, it was just the young women. And then last year, it was the young woman and... Right. So we have the today's woman, which is the experienced woman. So she has the wherewithal to close the deal. The early career is really a, building a pipeline for future hotel ownership. Um, and, and they're getting jobs. But, you know, they're, right. they're... Yeah, they're finding jobs because it's a live job interview and they're meeting. We're connecting. I mean, they were... They have, I don't know if they appreciate it, but we had five CEOs of the major brands. What? Well, what? I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there because okay. that's a very, but so last year at the cocktail party. Um, so that morning in the gym, I saw the young lady who won the year before in 21 uh-huh. and I was talking to her in the gym. And then that night she's walking around in the cocktail party helping. And I met a, a guy who wanted to hire a young rock star and I introduced them. I don't know oh. if they got, if, if that ever happened, but I helped well, with that. Well, I helped. well, she now is a, a development manager at Marriott. Oh, excellent. So, well, so let <laughs> me share with the group this. Okay. What I have a picture of this. I'm going to post because okay. so Tracy at the pitch contest or the pitch, whatever last year is part of the lunch presentation. It's Tracy and how many? Eight? Five. It was five. Oh, five CEOs. Five CEOs. Tell mm-hmm. them who they were. Okay, so we had Mark Hablamazian, CEO of Hyatt. We had Ellie Maloof, CEO of the Americas for IHG. We had Chris Nasetta, CEO of Hilton. We had Jeff Bellotti, the CEO of um, Wyndham. And then we had Pat Patius, the CEO of Choice. So there's Tracy on the stage with these five CEOs, and they're all just giving her lip service. I am telling you, yes, we need to have more women. Yes. And Tracy was, uh, I was, I was in the audience going, woo. She's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, and then what, do you, what, what are you going to commit to today? Like what are you would not let them. It was like, at one point they were like looking at each other. I was, and I was cheering you, cheering you on woman. I loved thank it. You. No, thank you. And, and I've had follow-ups with all 
for the five. And um, so we can talk about the deal because the deal I've been meeting with Mark from Hyatt um, and, you know, we've been talking about Hyatt investing in our fund. And, um, and then we talked about like, how do we do this, practically do this. And so now we're working on a Hyatt deal to build a Hyatt in South Florida. And Hyatt is very supportive, you know, of us. And, and the great thing is it's just not me. Three, she has a deal alum are part of my team. So we have Azari from 2020 and we have Viviana from 2020 and then Morgan who won 2022 are all a part of TLT Solutions and a part of our deal team to build this hotel. So yes. tell so do you want to share about Coral Springs? Yeah, so we're building 144 key um, Hyatt place in Coral Springs, Florida. It's going to have a rooftop bar and restaurant, which is going to be amazing. And a uh, a meeting room and all, all the regular, the, the rooftop is really an extra element. So Hyatt places don't tend to have, unless they're in a city kind of development to have a rooftop bar, but we are looking for investors. And we, um, and so we're raising and we're going to be building that. We hope to break ground sometime toward the, uh, at the end of the second quarter. Um, so yes, we're super excited. How much are you raising? We're raising $9 million. And what's the minimum? The minimum is 50,000. Yep. And, and so, and when's the next call where you talk about the deal? Do so it's, it's the 21st of February. Okay. Great. So we're really, we're really excited that, you know, to be building this and with our partner, like, let's not with the partner cause it's just a Hyatt, but Hyatt is our partner and they're, you know, supporting and helping us, uh, to, you know, to be successful in this. And this will be a model for many other women, right. To, uh, to be building their hotels. Cause I told them that you could get a lot of, you know, like if we follow my blueprint and we will, we'll be bringing a lot of women, you know, into uh, ownership. Cause I believe that the brilliance of women is not um, there yet. Right. So when more women are owning and developing hotels, the hospitality industry is going to explode with innovative growth because we're not on the ownership side. We're working in the business but when we're controlling and designing and, and, you know, really creating and bringing those products to life, that's where you're going to see explosive growth. We need more diversity. It's very um, homogenous around, you know, who's on the ownership and development side. So we want to change that. See, she has a deal is all about changing that. So we're working and on that deal. And you won last year. What was the award that you won? You were on the front page of the hotel magazine. Yeah. So uh, lodging recognized me as person of the year for 2021, which was super exciting that they would recognize, you know, the work that I'm doing and find it important because there's usually like CEOs on the cover. So I think that was kind of maybe the first time that they chose somebody that was a little lower, uh, you know, out there, but they recognize um, the value of what, of what we're doing and, and what I'm, I'm bringing to the industry. So coming in as an outsider, you know, working in healthcare and now no one was talking about women and ownership really not that much until now everybody is. There's so many different programs that are working on having more women into ownership and development. So that's exciting to see the evolution of what's going on. Do you yeah. want, so Josie's asking me if you want emails from people that are interested. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we will get so, the emails and we'll send them out um, the information for the info session. We also have a winery that we have under contract. 
Oh, well, well, while you're, first of all, re, tell me your email so, so I don't have to look it up so I can. Okay, just... It's T-P-R-I-G-M-O-R-E. T-P-R-I-G-M-O-R-E. At T as in Tom, L as in Larry, T as in Tom, solutions with an S dot net. Okay, so tell about the winery. Okay, so we also have a winery under contract, and this is a little bit different, uh, but it has an inn and is a winery and a vineyard. And so we're also raising, uh, we haven't started the offering for that, uh, but we have it under contract. It's in California, in Amadora County, which is located between um, uh, Sacramento and, and, and Lake Tahoe. So we're, we've uh, partnered with a winemaker, a woman winemaker, and um, we're you know buying an existing winery, but we're going to be transitioning you know to her brand. So it's really exciting um, to you know to to look at it's still hospitality in, in a way, right? Getting right, into sure. the spirits business is new for me, but she has all the experience. But we're we have this inn um, that it's a small inn, but we are you know now they do corporate events. We'll continue to do corporate events and buyouts and different things for small groups and do weddings and. No, how many how many rooms in the inn? So it's six rooms in the inn, and they're beautiful. It's got like a Tuscan villa uh, cool. look, but it has okay. three rooms. When, when you close, I'm booking it for the weekend with my ladies. Yes, you have to do that. I'm going to do that too, right? So book it for your ladies, um, and there'll be plenty of wine. We have a chef there who will cook for you. Awesome. And it'll just, a lot of people, you know, and they did that for us when we just went to visit. They had the chef who prepared a three course meal or four course meal. And, you know, so it's just a lovely environment where you and your girlfriends can, you know, have some girlfriend time. Okay. So, um, why don't we tell everyone how we met? Yeah, we met on, we met on clubhouse. I never go in there anymore, but we met on clubhouse, but I'm so glad that I was on clubhouse that night because we've become such good friends and you're, you and know, partners. partners. Um, and I've learned from you and uh, continue to be inspired by you. And you've been so supportive. I can't wait to see you in April again. We're yep. at the Marriott headquarters, April 27th to the 28th. Um, okay. And if, if people are interested in coming, which you can either, we're going to be live streaming, but they can they can also watch. Well, it's so much better in person. Person, yeah. I mean, is. and you're looking for sponsors we're for looking, the event. Yeah, we're looking for sponsors for the event. So what are what are the out, sponsor levels? Um, so they start at like five thousand and go up to over a hundred. Um, so you, there's you can. I will do. I'll do five thousand. Oh my goodness! Yay! We need. Oh, Josie heard that. So Josie, okay, Josie, okay. we're sending you an invoice. And um, but if people are interested, you can go to shehasadeal.com, and you can fill, you know, can subscribe so you'll find out, be in the know of everything that we're doing from the investments we have to um, I'm telling you, programming. That event is unbelievable. What you're doing with these women—it's yeah. unbelievable. I love that event. And everyone that if you have time and you can go in April, you should go because it's as women supporting other women, supporting you with what, what you're doing. Yeah. It's just, and, and, and I, I loved diversifying my portfolio with you and hospitality. I love it. No, that's, so, that's great. And it warms my heart that you are so supportive and telling other people because we're on a, this is a movement, right? This is not just, Oh, we're having a pitch conference. No, this is a movement. This is, you should have seen Beth at Alice. It's a big hotel investment conference this year. 
I mean, there were so many more women from the first time I went there. And then I was on the main stage. And when they announced, when they introduced me, like my whole, I had the whole squad. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose, but because so many women now have come through the program and, you know, my team was there, alumni, current, you know, of yeah. the current cohort were there. It's just like, she has a deal. Everybody's like clapping. Well, and, I'm yeah, going to say, I'm going to say, I'm not, we're not going to end on a, on a downer, but I do want to say the following. When economies struggle, in my, I've been doing this 36 years. Yeah. When economies struggle and industries are impacted, like the commercial real estate industry, yeah. women disappear. Ooh. And we're not going to let that happen. No. You're not going to let that happen. And I'm not going to let that happen. But that happens. Yeah. And what happened in 08 in, in retail is we lost in our industry, in our asset class, we literally lost a generation of people. So when COVID really? hit, we, yes. So if you want to hire someone 10 to 15 years in the business, they don't exist okay. because, because the economy tanked. And if you were young in the business, you got laid off and you didn't come into the business. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so what I did during COVID is I started something called the freshman forum and anyone five years or less, uh, I, and a, a young man I brought in who was 30. Cause I said, I'm 60, you're 30. We, I need a younger person to relate to these young people, but we had something called the freshman forum that we, we talked to them every week and kept them engaged and and help them with jobs and because okay. so so I want you to be thinking if the economy turns like everyone's predicting yeah women in leadership positions unfortunately are the low hanging fruit for layoffs yeah well the, you know I, we went I, I hope that it doesn't get any worse than covid but we did experience that oh, in the sure. industry okay. Right. And you saw it. Did you see that? How yeah, women we, we did see that. But I, I think that um, and I kept doing this even when COVID hit. Right. And I'm glad I did. You did. Because even now where everyone's like, it's so hard because of interest rates and and it. But I, I think preparation, like we're planting seeds and we may, I think we're going to get some substantial deals done in 2023. There's going to be deals. There's going to yeah. be deals. And I just came back, as you know, from this commercial real estate mastermind talking about masterminds yeah. and and all they, they, the majority of the week, they talked about seller financing, seller financing, seller yes. financing. So, yes. yes. And that may be how it gets done. And I think the seeds that we've planted are really what's going to help. And so I'm not giving up. And I, I know it may be some slowdown or how we get in is different. And that's why our mission is to create new pathways right. to hotel ownership and development. And, and so, yes, we're realistic. We know what's going on. And I mean, I took a hit in COVID. I took a huge hit. In COVID, but I, you know, I can give up now and walk away. But I'm like, no, I know that, you know, that it, it, it's all about grit, right? It's about grit, and you and you have to be in it to win it. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's a bad time. You should sit on the sideline. And no, no, no. no what no. I say is, I've never. It's never been easy for me. So um, maybe I, you know, what we do is we have to do things differently. I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to, because when I started in, even when I started in residential, people said, oh, it's not a good time. It's not a good time. Are you kidding me? Like the stuff I'm selling now is worth two and three times more. So when is the good time if it's not a good time? So you just have to figure out when or how to do it versus not doing it, right? It's You can't wait for things to happen. You just have to figure out how do you do it given what's going on. So we're, we're talking about how do we find 
the sellers that are willing to do seller financing, right? How do we, how do we hone in on them? Absolutely. So So, we'll, so we will spread that word. Um, So for everyone that is here listening to the wonderful Tracy Prigmore, you can reach out to her. We put her email, Uh, come to the event, Uh, join us on uh, February 21st to watch the program on the investing in Florida. And of course, uh, March 8th is our event, our third annual uh, in Orlando this year on March 8th on Women's International Day. And we have 10 uh, speakers that have not spoken before. So we invite you guys to come. Registration is on the website. And um, we'd love to see all of you. And Tracy, I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much, Beth, for having me on the show. I'll see you in April. Yes. I'll probably see you sooner because I'll be down in South Florida. So I'll call you. Well, you need to come to the event if you can, but I think you have a commitment. March 8th. Yeah. I think you do. I think you told me that earlier. But yeah. if that doesn't, if that falls through, come because now all of these women that have just learned and heard about you that are coming to the event oh. might want to invest. I'm one of my networking breaks. I just learned this at this thing I was at. Uh-huh. They, they're put. You can put little colored circles on your name tag if you are a GP and if you want to be an LP. Okay. And the networking group. There are people who want are looking for investments and people who are looking for investors. And we're going to have a networking matchmaking session. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be so great. If you, can, if you can come, you can find investors for Coral Springs and the winery. I need to come. But I have a, I have, well, it, it's like the eighth. I could probably come, but I'm like smashed in between two events. I know. Big events. So I know. Anyway, we'll, um, we'll see. Let me know. Okay. But my sister's in Orlando, so. Yeah. There you go. All right. Everyone's loving you. We're getting all these. They love you. They love you. They love you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Go have dinner with Noah and hubby. Yeah. I think they already ate without me, but okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye. 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 See you later.